Good afternoon and welcome to the NAI side of continuing education webinar series. Today's Teachable Tuesday topic is over crisis communication and how your athletic department, your campus or conference handled the COVID-19 pandemic. Before we begin, we'd like to thank uh, our COSIDA members and also COSIDA for hosting our monthly NAI SIDA webinars and for providing them on demand following each live presentation. The on-demand webinar can be found today in COSIDA's online community, COSIDA Connect in the resource library. So be able to check that out after our time is up today. During the webinar today, you can ask your questions live to the presenters. Please use the chat box, which you'll find out on the right side of our portal. If you have questions for our presenters, know that we will save time at the end for those questions. So make sure you get those in on the right side of the portal. Today, we're joined by uh, NAI Director of Athletic Communications, Brad Sigan. Wendy Reed, the Assistant AD for Communications at Calumet College of St. Joseph, and Aaron Sagraves, the Director of Athletics and former SID at Cornerstone University. I'm Jordan Alvis from Campbellsville University, and I'll be today's moderator. First, we'd like to uh, kind of just go through the discussion today, what we're going to be talking about. It's going to be about crisis communication, how each of us handled the crisis of the COVID-19 pandemic, but also uh, majority of this is going to be more about uh, just a town hall discussion, a really good discussion about how each association, school, campus, leadership styles, everything that has uh, that's been going on with this new normal that uh, we're living in right now. So to start us off, we're going to start with Brad at the NAI, and he's going to give a little update uh, from the, the association and, and kind of how the NAI went about to handling everything and uh, also talking about how he was involved and how his department was involved with the, the leadership and the communication um, aspects of getting the uh, the COVID-19 uh, crisis communication out there. So Brad, take it away. Yeah, thanks Jordan. Uh, this was uh, uh, obviously a crazy month last month and uh, everyone felt it. But we, uh, for us, it really started really in the beginning of March uh, for the most part. Uh, pretty much right at the beginning, we started having some communication meetings between uh, between myself and a couple members of our leadership team uh, and our director of championships to start trying to think about how we want to communicate anything going on with COVID-19. Obviously, the beginning of March was a lot different than two weeks later. So uh, so there was a lot that, uh, that we didn't know at that point. So a lot of it was, you know, trying to reassure everyone the championships were still happening and making sure that everyone understood that we're monitoring the situation that the goal of the entire uh, of, of our monitoring everything was to make sure that our uh, student athletes uh, safety was uh, paramount in everything that we did so uh, so we started having those types of communications going out to people uh, pretty early in March but as I think everyone now understands it was just so rapidly evolving that I don't think any of us were really fully prepared for what was about to come to us. No matter what we did, things were changing by the minute and they were just constant. Um, it was it was like trying to stop a tidal wave at, at many points. So uh, just about a week later, we started trying to communicate that our uh, our Division II basketball championships were, uh, were not only still going on, but they had the support of the community. So I spent a long Saturday evening talking to both of our hosts and, and on calls with them trying to make sure that we had our quotes right and everything was going to be good to, to get out to our fans so they understood that everyone was taking precautions and we were going to do things appropriately. 
by the next week, everything had already changed again. So we would start to make decisions on restricting fans. And by the time we had made a decision on certain types of fan restrictions, uh, the state of South Dakota had made a completely different decision. And one of our Division II championships, our men's basketball uh, championship, was in, uh, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So we had to immediately course correct throughout the entire thing. Uh, a lot of the direction that we took were looking at what other sports leagues were doing, and we were constantly monitoring all of that. Uh, as you can probably understand, things just continued to change. And as we made decisions on restricting fans, we started trying to figure out what were the questions that people were going to have. Uh, obviously, what did fan restrictions mean and, and how do we communicate that? So we started going through all of the questions that we had that were outstanding and tried to really create FAQs to, to really speak to all of that. Uh, those were kind of the, the most important pieces. Uh, another thing that we really had to try to do was we tried to be proactive about all of the decisions we were making. Uh, one of the first questions we had was on streaming and how do we uh, how do we go about this from here on out it could have been a, a good financial situation for us to charge for streaming at that point but it wouldn't have been fair uh, so we needed to make sure that one of the things we looked at is what is fair and what is right to do so that's why as soon as we decided to start restricting fan access we decided to make everything free uh, on the streaming side 24 hours later, we were canceling our Division II and Division I basketball championships. So then we had to figure out how do we continue to be proactive. A lot of that started with calling our partners at Presto and making sure that they immediately started with the, uh, the refunds and everything uh, to try to get fans the refunds as, as soon as possible. As we continue to do that, we built our FAQs and really part of that was communication throughout our entire uh, our entire association. Once we got to a certain point in March, we started having meetings with a key group of people. It was really more of a developed to be a rapid response team. Uh, and it included everyone from eligibility to, uh, to athletics communication to championships. And it was this small group that really had a lot of say into how we were going to communicate things throughout the association. So this group was meeting daily every every single morning and trying to really keep up with everything that we were doing. Uh, and I, I feel like at the end of the day, we did as good of a job as we probably could have at that point. Uh, another thing that we really did, and we set this up early, is we started and this is kind of crisis communication 101 is we wanted to communicate with one voice so we were lucky enough that while my team and the eligibility team were trying to still answer a lot of questions that we had someone that wasn't working in either department who had a great understanding of it so alan grossbach used to be in athletic communications uh stepped in and he was really just the person communicating back with fans membership on any questions that they had uh, as hard as it was for us to not answer some of those questions, even though we knew the answer, we had to really push those to him. So everything was answered by one person and there wasn't any mis miscommunication. That was a big piece of what we did. Uh, in terms of press, uh, that was really handled by myself. Any press questions came to me. Everything else really went to Alan. And ultimately, I think that helped get us through some of these things a lot easier. 
Um, we didn't have as many uh, miscommunications that way. And Alan and I spoke pretty much about everything that we were telling people. So we were always on the same page. Uh, that's kind of a broad uh, range of really what we did. Uh, one of the hardest things was not to work in silos, even though we broke up into teams to try to tackle certain things like eligibility questions. Uh, we always reconvened to really talk to everyone about how we were handling things and how we wanted to move forward. Our leadership was involved from, from the beginning and, and really directing uh, in a very positive manner about how we needed to move forward. So uh, that's a little bit about kind of the timeline. Things moved so rapidly, it was really difficult to keep up with it, but uh, that's pretty much how we did everything. Thanks, Brad. I know uh, the NAI was, uh, it, it's not something you wanna do, any association that is, any conference, any school, doesn't matter, uh, just canceling winter championships, canceling the spring championships, and it kind of trickling down from there. Uh, it's obviously not something that uh, is an easy decision. So uh, it was a it was a tough job. Now we're going to go over to Wendy. Uh, we'll bring Brad back in here in about 10, 15 minutes or so. We're going to go to Wendy Reed, Calumet College of St. Joseph, uh, Assistant AD for Communications. Uh, Wendy's with us today from working from home. She usually works from home. That's kind of how uh, it works at Calumet, and uh, she's so she's used to this new normal. But uh, Wendy um, has a different, uh, I guess, perspective uh, on the COVID-19 crisis. So Wendy, take it away. Thank you, Jordan. Um, I just I um, actually when I started in this profession nine years ago, um, because I have small children at the time, working from home was something that I really. Um, pushed for all along. So all for the for the nine years I've done this, working from home has been my norm. So this is not unusual for me. Um, I did change position, change jobs just less than a year ago to a um, from a, a bigger school to a small one that um, is very diverse. It um, very small, mostly athletics, um, but these athletes come from um, non-traditional homes where maybe they don't have the support that a lot of kids um, 18 to 22 year olds have. So from our perspective, our president really, um, really tried to keep things open and as normal for these kids as long as possible. The, um, the A-team met regularly and discussed these things and um, we don't have dorms. So it was a little different for us that we didn't need to shut our dorms down and close our cafeteria and do those things. Um, these kids live in apartments on their own. Many of them don't necessarily have homes to go home to. They have mortgage or they have um, leases that they're in. So she really tried to keep things um, as normal as possible while she tried to transition a faculty into online learning when it wasn't really anything that they'd ever done. So. It was very interesting from this perspective. Um, my husband works at another university. My oldest child goes to a third university and both of my kids go to two different public school systems. So we were seeing this from five different um, perspectives. As far as communication on our side, um, we would get about every other day an email from our president explaining what she was doing and what she was trying to do and what, where we were in all of the processes. We, um, we had a really early spring break, so we ended up giving our, our giving them another spring break to prepare. Um, 
as far as communication in the athletic department, um, like I said, I work from home, so I am used to texting, calling, emailing with the coaches and the athletic director and everyone. Um, as things started coming down from the NAIA, um, our athletic director was communicating with the coaches who would take it to the teams. Um, I was dealing with it from the conference level and our level with social media. Um, we had a couple of incidents where things were leaked before we were ready to announce them and just dealing with um, trying to help 18 to 22 year olds understand where to get their information from and what those words meant. Um, um, many thought that, you know, the word indefinitely was used a lot and helping um, all generations understand the importance of using words that everyone can understand and, and speaking to your, um, your audience and our audience is 18 to 22 year olds who are constantly on social media. And for me, I struggled with not being able to get information out that I felt should be. Um, and um, it was just a very interesting time, I think, for everyone at, um, we now are online. One of the struggles for us is many of our students don't necessarily have laptops or internet access or those kinds of things. So just um, how to keep in contact with them, um, just touch points on social media and those kinds of things. So that's kind of where we are at this point. Um, I have just was told this morning that we seem to be doing fairly well. Um, registration is up for next year, those kinds of things. So we seem to be doing a good job remotely keeping in contact with our athletes and our students. So. Thanks, Wendy. I know uh, working from home, it's been a challenge for me the last couple of weeks. So doing it the last nine years, I know that's something, especially <laughs> with, with young kids and everything, I know it's gotta be tough. So. Uh, Wendy does a good job at Calumet, and she's also on the NAI executive board with us as well. Now we're going to bring in Aaron Saygraves. Aaron uh, brings a different perspective to this. Aaron is uh, a former SID, uh, assistant AD for communications at Cornerstone, and now the director of athletics. And Aaron uh, in his Ohio State room back in, uh, up in the north, so uh, he's he's enjoying the weather, I'm sure. But uh, Aaron brings a different perspective and about the leadership from an AD's role and, and what to expect from an AD. So uh, Aaron, take it away. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jordan. Um, it's great to hear from both Brad and Wendy as well, just two different perspectives uh, from a national office to an on-campus um, directly. And I think the biggest thing for me as I've been trying to you know, wrestle with the different the the different ways of doing this. Uh, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? I don't know if there's a right answer to that question. Um, just because we've never been through something like this before. I think the best, the biggest thing that I've been taking away from all of this is just trying to reach out to my department specifically and making sure that we're staying engaged. Uh, at Cornerstone, our biggest one of our biggest beliefs is really intentional community on our campus. Um, and without that over the past month and a half of being in person, we've really taken things to a different level as, as many schools have. We're not definitely not the ones that are doing it the best or the most. Uh, we just feel that we've done things in a, in a pretty good way. 
Um, from a university perspective, uh, Brad kind of uh, touched on the timeline a little bit. Um, it all started that first week of March when, we, when everything started to break. Obviously, we were actually on spring break that week. So starting to get emails uh, from different parts of our campus about how we're supposed to do things. And um, the cases at that time was like, there's, you know, cases in different states and cases in different um, cities and locations across the country. Uh, where were our student athletes? Uh, that's what my focus was at the part of the department task force that we had across campus. Uh, and then getting back to getting back to Michigan, I was actually with our, our spring break teams in Florida that week and getting back to campus and getting on a call on that Sunday night, um, getting ready for a mandatory call on Monday morning. I think it was like March 7th or March 8th, whatever that Monday was um, of all of our different department heads. And um, we had to be at that meeting on that Monday morning. And that's when things started to progress. And I was really thankful for our university leadership to bring everybody together to be very transparent and very open about what was happening. At that point, we didn't really know what was going to happen with the next week to two weeks. Um, as Brad and Wendy both said, um, we just, there was a complete unknown. Um, but the best thing that we did was we kept communication channels open. Uh, that's when I started to get on all these different forms of communication, whether it's like base camp and and all these other things that, that the universities uh, use or different companies use and different corporations. And I was so thankful for that leadership of our university staff, administrative team of really doing a great job of keeping everybody organized. Uh, we walked down agenda pretty, pretty smoothly throughout the week in different meetings, uh, but all the meetings that we had normally scheduled became just focused on this task force that came about. And so um, that was probably the biggest change that happened that week. But like the others have said as well, you would walk out of one meeting with a full plan in place, walk into another meeting. And by the time you walked in between one and uh, another meeting, that plan had completely changed because of what had happened on the national level. Uh, when things started happening athletically with the NCAA tournament and the NBA and all of that kind of stuff happening on that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that's when things really started to get real for our department. And I told our coaches, I just, and especially our spring coaches, I was very open with them from the very beginning saying, guys, I think you just need to mentally prepare that your seasons may not continue at this point. Uh, and then working closely with our sports information director, uh, Jesse Campbell, of just trying to, uh, hey, what are other schools? What are they communicating? Uh, especially, I said, hey, reach out to bigger schools. Because at that point, it was the Big Ten was making announcements and, and the SEC was making announcements and other schools and other conferences were starting to put things out. There wasn't any any reason to really recreate something that had already been created. So uh, Jesse did a great job of just providing me some resources as I was in, in the middle of other meetings. Uh, and then the focus became then on how do we continue to take care of our, our students and our student athletes. Uh, as what is always the number one priority and without the the leadership from our conference or even the national association because they had to think things through at a, a very much broader um, way than we did we started to make decisions based on our own care for our student students and our student athletes um, we didn't wait at that point we actually on that friday we went into a conference call with our conference and knowing that we were getting ready to cancel all of our spring sports before anybody else had even thought about it. And so 
we made that decision. It was hard. It was really, really difficult to talk to those coaches. And I, I remember walking into the foyer and talking to some of the track and field athletes that were just getting ready for practice that Friday. Uh, it was difficult. And so it immediately became an, uh, a decision that became a, a different perspective of caring for them in a different way. Um, but then how, then I focused on going into the next week of we're going to be working from home and doing things remotely. And obviously we've been doing that for now, almost a month and a half. And I think the biggest thing for me was how do we keep our staff engaged? How do we keep our student athletes engaged? Obviously they're going to be learning from their educational perspective in a totally different way from online and our professors having to learn a new way to teach. But the focus for me had to be just checking in with them and make sure they're engaged, but also how are our coaches continuing to lead? And when I transitioned from that uh, SID role to an AD role, it was different. I remember as the SID, it was just becoming like having to serve our coaches and promoting them and marketing them and telling the student athlete story. Where now in the AD role, my focus more on how can I continue to be a coach for our coaches? And that was probably the most critical time in this in this last month and a half, last 60 days or you know, 50 days we've been in this now, um, how can I continue to be a resource and a supporter for them? And I'll be honest, it's been a hard wrestling match for me as the, as the athletic director. Uh, we've got 22 staff, coaches and staff that I'm overseeing. And the wrestling match is real of like, how do I want them to be, how do I want our, this to be remembered you know, five years from now, five months from now, uh, am I going to be that coach or that AD that's constantly checking in with the coaches, making sure they're recruiting and coaching and teaching and leading and all this other stuff? Or am I going to be the AD that's leading in a way that's going to give them time? Because what's happening around us is real. And I didn't want to be that overbearing uh, leader in that, in that case. I want to make sure I created that time for their family, created that time for themselves. Um, because let's be honest, for us, in the, especially in the North, during the spring, we cram 55 baseball games and, and 56 softball games and track and field meets and golf and tennis matches or whatever it might be into like 30 days uh, because we, that's all we've got because of the weather that we're, that we're in. And so, but, and, but now without those events going on, those coaches and those student athletes have more time than ever with their families. And I wanted to focus on that as a big part of what I wanted to say because We've never had this time. I've never had to have, I've never had the opportunity to have dinner every night of the week with my family that I've had for the last, you know, month and a half. And I've been so thankful for that. So I, my focus has turned into that of how can we continue to pour into our coaches and using even our leadership team, uh, our administrative staff, if you will, of uh, just checking in with our coaches on a personal level, not necessarily the professional level. Um, I've definitely got updates that need to happen. Recruiting is probably the biggest piece. But even going to like a budget perspective, how do we use our budget? Because it's not really our budget anymore. It's the university budget because we're going to take a hit, you know, financially from what's going to happen with reimbursements for room and board and, and things like that. And so we, we've turned that attention to, hey, make sure you're recruiting and make sure you're focusing on that because that's important for the next year and the next two years down the road. And then also, how do we recognize our seniors? How can we make sure that their experience is finished off in a great way that they just didn't get the opportunity to have? on the field of play. So those are the two biggest areas that I focused on from that perspective, um, from a, like, a, like a budget perspective. Uh, and then also just putting like different groups together. We did some different small groups within our department of just keeping our coaches engaged with each other because 
we work in a really small office setting where you can just walk down and have a conversation with four or five coaches at a time. Well, that's not happening right now. The only way we can do that is through a Zoom call, through a FaceTime call and things like that. So uh, I've, I've actually really enjoyed some of the aspects of this, but it's been challenging because we do crave that intentional relationship building on our campus at Cornerstone. Uh, but by my perspective is how can we continue to lead our coaches in a way that they can then lead their student athletes? And I think that I think that's the way that uh, Aaron kind of brings in the AD perspective is uh, uh, really, really critical um, to us as SIDs and any communications professionals. I know a couple of ADs are on uh, listening today. And uh, so that's great to see as we bring in Brad and Wendy both back on the screen. We're going to have more just kind of like a little town hall discussion now when we were, uh, I guess you can say, just um, discussing how we wanted this to go about. Um, uh, just a town hall discussion there so many different people do so many different things and just bringing all these ideas to light and um, Brad we'll go back to you uh, the NAI office uh, you talked about um, uh, there was decisions that had to be made you talked about streaming you talked about uh, getting one voice out there and making sure there was um, only uh, uh, one or two voices from the national office that were uh, critical but uh, you you had to make the decision about record books and stats for spring sports. Talk about your decisions from that uh, aspect. And um, with the exception of men's volleyball, everything else was kind of uh, up in the air. We didn't really know what to expect. So uh, just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the things that we immediately knew that was gonna be an issue were gonna be stats for spring. Um, as soon as we canceled it, it was gonna be a question. So we already had an idea of how we we thought was going to be the most fair way to go, um, which was to keep the stats intact and have a, a way of denoting those in the record books. Um, but I think the main thing that we did was that we didn't just say, this is going to be it. This is what our sports information directors want. We also wanted to go to our National Administrative Council and make sure that they were approving of how we were going to do this and that they were completely on board. The thing that gets lost in these types of scenarios can be really just the ability to ask people questions and to make sure that you're communicating with all parties. Uh, since stats fall under NAC policy, we wanted to make sure that we went to them and, and we laid it out for them. Here is what happens if we don't keep stats. Here's what happens if we do. And there were two schools of thought and we're glad that we did because there was there were certain people that didn't that thought it was a foregone conclusion that we just wiped those stats out. So that's why we wanted to have the conversation. The way we ended up finalizing everything was I think really the best way for all parties because those student athletes played those games. We wanted to make sure that they would get credited for it. But we also didn't want to award someone for a season of work for like a, a batting average title where they only played 24 games and they had a 550 batting average. Obviously that you can't really do that either. But we wanted to make sure that everyone was awarded what they what they had earned and, and everyone got what they needed. Uh, the one thing we tried to keep focused on was this had nothing to do with us. This had nothing to do with our coaches. It was a sad situation for all involved, but this really all boils down to what is best for our student athletes and we were really happy that everyone took that under consideration as their priority. 
Um, so that's how we went about getting stats and records. We're not going to do any type of asterisk in the in the book. It is going to be it's going to be what it's going to be. And uh, and I think we really made the right decision. Don't forget those that are attending with us today. You can always ask questions in the portal on the right side for the go-to webinar control panel. Uh, if you have questions for Brad, Wendy, or Aaron, or even myself, uh, be, feel free to type those in, and we'll get those answered for you. Um, Wendy, we'll go back to you. Um, the the way that uh, Calumet was handling things because of the non-traditional students being off campus for the most part, no dorms. Um, how different and how difficult was that um, to just get that one voice out there to make sure that uh, Calumet uh, was able to get the truth out there instead of listening to other outside entities that, that possibly came up? Um, it's very tricky. I think we have a lot of part-time coaches too. So just within our own department, it's difficult sometimes to even communicate. But um, I think because of the non-traditional students, even the coaches figuring out the best way to communicate to their students. Um, we had an incident with um, another Twitter account that um, leaked what our conference was doing for our spring sports prior to the conference being able to make the announcement, um, which was very tricky because the only people that knew at that moment were the presidents of quote what at least what the conference thought but um they had tweeted it out so now we're getting all of these questions to us about that kind of information and so that's when we really i think it was a big awakening that we need to get a grasp on this social media thing and the coaches need to start talking to them about where to get their information and where to listen and while what was leaked was not false the presidents of our conference didn't want it announced until the next morning. Um, so I immediately, as soon as the first person sent it to me, sent it to our conference commissioner and our conference SID and said, are we going to respond? And that's when we started having these conversations about wording and who are, you know, that the, the need to be on social media is so important right now because, because that's the one place we know they all are. Um, so that's what I've spent my, today marks a month <laughs> um, is trying to make sure that we're getting positive content out there and even using it in fun ways where we talk about social distancing and what's acceptable with social distancing and those kinds of things so even if they catch it just in scrolling through you know that they're, they're we're trying to teach them what's acceptable and what's not in these times of weirdness so yeah, and so Aaron, we'll go to you now. Um, obviously, with the AD role, uh, trying to figure out that leadership style that you said you, you were trying to figure out as we go. Um, you don't know if you're doing a good job or not from leading the, the, this kind of pandemic and this new normal for everybody. Uh, but what is it that uh, your just your experience with your administration um, been uh, been like to try to get them to um, understand the importance of uh, possibly telling your student athletes first, hey, uh, your spring sports are going to be canceled, your championships are going to be canceled before anybody else does, but also getting your administration on board with uh, having that one voice and being on social media and, and spreading the word that way. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the biggest thing for us from the standpoint of 
I've, I've built that trust in with our administrative team from our campus perspective. I was the VB and the assistant AD for communications for the last five years before this and being able to share stories and do some hard stories as well over the time um, that they, they trusted me to be able to give them the insight that they needed to make a decision. Uh, and they, they said, hey, you control the student athlete message, we'll, we'll control the university message. Uh, but we've got some great people across our campus that help out administratively through it. So I was, you know, texting them, emailing them, hey, what do you think about this? And obviously sharing the press release uh, with different parts of campus before it went out. Um, but it, there's that hard time of, there's no good, there's no right way of sharing the news right now because whether you try to hide something, there's always somebody that finds something, that, oh, they're gonna leak it or whatever it is. We just wanted to be able to share that message all at the one time and own that message as an athletic department. And so I texted the coaches for our spring sports, especially that would affect the most. Uh, I just texted them probably five minutes ahead of time, 10 minutes ahead of time and said, hey, this is coming, just so you know of it. And one of our teams was just wrapping up a practice in baseball, and one of our teams in turn field was just starting their practice. And so uh, they were able to share that with their kids and I don't know if it was out there before we actually released it on the university website and uh, through our social media channels. But I think the biggest thing is it, it continued to share the same message that we've always shared. The priority will come with our student athletes, your, your family's health, and then the community's health of where you're going back to. Uh, we had that message from the very first time we even talked about this and it didn't change throughout the entire time. Um, and, I, and I'm really thankful for that, that our university buys into that and our university showcases that. They don't just say it, we actually do it. And so I think that was probably the biggest thing for us to share that message all about the same perspective that the student athletes and their welfare comes first. And that will be always the decisions will always be wrapped around that for my leadership uh, in this department. You, you made the comment and kind of going off my other question was, um, did you think it was important for the student athletes to be told first before the university actually released something? Obviously, you said you told your coaches, you gave them a little bit of heads up, but it's hard for the coach, to, whether they send out a text or, or not, um, or have a team meeting right away. Um, but what, what is your thought process with that of uh, trying to get, let the student athletes know first or let them find out through social media and through a press release? Yeah, I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way. I think it's just how you choose it. They're going to find out the information, whether it's from their coach directly, whether it's from the AD directly. I think uh, what we did is we sent it out. Obviously, we warned the coaches from the spring sports because they're the ones having their seasons come to a close. Uh, we sent it out to them first. So, they, again, they may have heard that before we sent that message out. Uh, but we also wanted to make sure that we sent it out to everybody so they all got the message at the same time, whether you're a baseball player, basketball player, uh, women's volleyball who had finished their season, they still have the spring season left, but had finished the bulk of their season. Um, those athletes are no different. You know, our, I think that's the hardest thing. This didn't just affect the spring sport athletes. This affected the fall sport athletes probably just as much because a lot of those coaches, they use that spring season in the weeks that they're given by the NEI rules to really put in some investment into those times of the women's volleyball, the soccers, the, those sports, they really take the spring season and make it a big part of their off-season training. So uh, it wasn't just the spring. Yeah, they missed the regular season game, the championships, things like that. Um, but I also just, you got to keep that perspective. Like 
sports is an avenue of what we're trying to teach these kids in the bigger picture. And these students, they, they, a lot of them came to my office that Friday and even like the next couple of days and Monday, Tuesday, the next week when we were still open, I guess you would say. And they came in and said, hey, we knew this was coming, but until you're actually told that it's, uh, that it's done, you don't really believe it. And so what we really try to do to capture the, the stories that we still want to share is in our sports information director and, and his staff has done a great job of still doing that while not sharing the game stories, but we're still sharing stories about who these student athletes are as people. And that's what our number one priority will always be like the, you aren't a basketball player. You aren't a baseball player. You, you're a student. You're, you're a child. You're a kid. You're that's who you are. You're not the baseball. You're not the athlete. And so as long as we continue to share that message, especially on our campus, then we think we've had some success. We had a question come in too, and Brad, we'll go back to you. Um, Tyler Stevenson asked this, what was the process this slash discussion and in informing the participants at the basketball national championships that the events were canceled? And what was the most difficult part of that, of coordinating that? And I'll also go off this, not just basketball, but what about women's wrestling? They were a day before they were competing as well. I know our team was there practicing. So just any of the spring sports that were about to travel out or already at their competition, getting ready to compete. So what was the difficult part of just coordinating that message? Well, I think uh, it's just making sure that everyone had the right information at the right time. So luckily we had championship managers that were at all of those events. Uh, Maddie Westergaard was also out uh, over at, uh, at women's basketball. So we had an added layer of communication there. Uh, and we had uh, our media coordinator, Matt Boss, at men's, uh, D2 Men's Basketball. But uh, what we had to do is we had to make sure our championship managers had the information that they needed. And throughout this entire time, we had been staying in touch from the national office directly with our hosts. So we were communicating with them. We were in constant communication. We needed to know exactly what was going on there. And we needed to make sure that they knew exactly when to cancel it. Um, maybe one of the most difficult things I've ever seen in my entire career in athletics communication was having the stream on of uh, women's basketball and seeing everything end right there. And hearing over the loudspeaker that things were, were ending right then and seeing the teams come off the field just kind of shocked and, and, and all that. It was difficult. Um, uh, wrestling was a little bit different. We had a little bit more time. Teams were already there. Uh, and that was discussed throughout every step of the way. We knew that it was going to be tough once teams got there and, and having to break that news to them. Uh, but we knew that uh, the people at Jamestown uh, were doing great work there. They had this top of mind the entire time, probably a week before they were already on top of it. Uh, so Luckily, our hosts were really prepared and ready to go with this, but we stayed in constant communication with them and, and with our championship managers. And as soon as we made decisions, they were told first so they could be prepared, and then we would make our announcements secondary. We always wanted to make sure everyone had the, the ammo that they needed uh, to do their job at the best level and to make sure the student athletes were informed in an appropriate manner. Now I want to just kind of open this up to anybody that uh, wants to just step in. Uh, we had talked about when we were planning this uh, kind of town hall discussion now, um, trying to make it a positive discussion uh, at the end. And 
um, kind of how each uh, different uh, department, whether Aaron being an AD, Wendy being the SID, Brad at the national office, um, how they're working with different uh, departments on campus in their associations, whatever it may be, whether the SIDs are working with just the university communications um, and so on. Uh, but uh, how are you focusing on those aspects and, and trying to just help out anybody on campus? Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know if Wendy wants to say something there too, but I think the, again, it goes back to the intentionality of community for us that are on campus. It's weird. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, all of us, this is weird, right? But without seeing people, without being in meetings, like, I'll be honest, like I told a few few people I've been texting throughout the last few weeks, I'm sick of Zoom calls, guys. I'm sick. I'm sick <laughs> of FaceTime calls. Like, I, I so value community, like, face-to-face -face. Um, and I, I have a one-on-one -on -one with all of our coaches every single month I have a one-on-one -on -one with our administrative team once a week uh, and it's in my office it's, it's walking around the track it's walking out to the baseball field whatever it might be without that it just it I miss it um, and so that's been one of the, the biggest things that I've looked at of, of how much I need to better value that going forward but one of the biggest things that creates worry for me in working in a campus perspective and then our department is how people are are using their time right now and following people on social media right now like get off social media like <laughs> I, that i feel like so many people they're liking everything and sharing everything like get off of social media uh and now i i i have a fan i have two boys and my wife and I've been so thankful for the opportunity that I've had time with them during this last 45 days that goes beyond what I ever had before. And so I've tried to avoid it. I mean, yeah, I'm still on checking. I'm definitely not on as much as I used to be as an SID of like having to constantly post things on different platforms, but like get off that. You don't, you don't have to be on it all evening long, all morning long, all day long. Like get off and do something. Um, That'd be my biggest recommendation because if you're just sitting there reading every news article and and retweeting stuff and following what everybody else does, that's going to create some some a lot of at least in my experience, going to create a lot of anxiety that you just don't need at this time. Um, so that'd be my recommendation. I've told our staff too, like go out for walks, go out for you know get away from doing things that you normally would be doing during this time. Like you, normally you're in a baseball doubleheader or a softball doubleheader or tennis you know, a mass that lasts a few hours during this spring season, you, you don't have those in the evening. Now, don't fill it with things that are just going to be clogged into your into your brain, into your heart. Um, try to do something that's different out there. And then how can you be more useful across campus? Like what you said, Jordan, like how can you reach out to advancement? Admissions is probably the biggest area of concern for every small college that's probably listening on this call. How can you be in I help to admissions right now. That'd be my advice for what people could do instead of just sitting on social media. And really quick, um, you talk about getting off social media, but still uh, your SID now, Jesse, obviously his role now is still to put some content out there. He's not putting the recap stories and all that out. Uh, there's that fine rub, I guess, between getting stuff out there, but then also expecting him to get off social media and, and have a life outside of work right now, that work-life balance. 
It's hard. It, it, it probably is harder now than it ever has been. Like I, people have asked me, how can they pray for me? How can they do stuff like, hey, the work-life balance is probably harder now because my I'm down here. <laughs> I can hear my family upstairs. Like I'm sitting here doing work. I feel guilty that I'm not up there, whatever they're doing, school, playing video games, outside playing basketball, whatever it is. I feel guilty that I'm, I'm down here doing stuff. So that's probably harder than it ever has been. But I think it's if you plan, you got to plan accordingly. Listening to yesterday's webinar a little bit and some of the feedback from the stuff, how to how to do content that Cosida put out yesterday, those guys had some fantastic ideas about how to do content, content during this time. It doesn't need to be overloaded. Everybody thinks they have to keep the content up. No, because everybody's putting stuff on their social media channels. It's the stuff that really matters that people are going to engage with now. So you got to be very specific and, and and to the point when you are putting content out. Anybody else on that question? I just want to touch base on what he was talking about with the guilt thing. Um, I know for me, when I started doing, going back to work full-time with having three children, um, you know, there was the guilt of that. There's also the guilt that it's truly different for a female in a male dominant world of sport, of college athletics. Um, if my kids are sick, everybody assumes I'm taking care of them. My husband is more than happy to, especially now, but it's just assumed. And so there's all that guilt anyways, but then the guilt of working from home. And I've talked about this with various other people. Whenever somebody talks about going into the industry and Aaron and I have talked a lot about people getting out of the industry because of the hours and the stress. And, and so I am all a huge person on, first of all, put the guilt aside. Like I'm getting the work done. Nobody's complaining about the work I'm doing, so obviously I'm getting it done. Um, I, I shared my game my game day <laughs> um, with Cosida Board last time, and um, I don't go in on a like a basketball doubleheader game day until four o'clock. I get up and I do my social media posts, and then I go to the grocery and I clean the house and I get dinner ready for the families because I'm not going to be home. I'm putting in eight hours regardless. You know, it's it's just because you're home doesn't mean you have to constantly be working. So like Aaron said, put the phone down because, you know, get up and do your social media posts or whatever. Put it down, go for a walk, do those things, but stop feeling guilty about not doing work. I guarantee you, your bosses and your, your student athletes and all of those people can see that you're doing it. Um, it's really an internal guilt thing for us and we just need to all Cut each other some slack and <laughs> realize that it's a great time to or you know go take a walk and or share that that you know challenge somebody to go take a walk and you know that kind of thing so it's a fun time on social media right now i think with our student athletes but it, it, it can be 24 7 if we let it absolutely one of the last questions i had we about had about uh, five ten minutes left uh, uh, what on earth are SID supposed to do right now? Um, obviously, you kind of hit on it. Uh, uh, yesterday's COSIDA webinar was really good uh, with just content ideas. Uh, but and Aaron and Wendy both hit on it. Uh, working a few hours, going upstairs, playing with your kids, uh, shooting basketball, playing Xbox, whatever it may be. But what are SID supposed to do right now? Um, and uh, just this crazy world we live in. Just what are some ideas that you all have? Well, for me, I some of my coworkers within the conference are dealing with the fact that they're 
furlough is is a possibility for them and so they're have they're they kind of have that feeling of they have to do and come up with lists and things but right now you know my goal is to do a couple of features a week you know where we're doing those interviews either through text or emails or sometimes we zoom them and film them and put them up that way um i do a daily um what day is it because you know we can never remember what day it is right now and I share that today is National Look Up in the Sky Day. So I, you know, so just things like that where it's just silly, but it, it touches base every once in a while. Somebody retweets it with, you know, National Unicorn Day. And, you know, we just have fun like that. I mean, at this point, I think just making those touch points with our audience and throw a few features in. You know, I think that's <laughs> about as much as we can do right now. Yeah, I I love that, Wendy. And I, I think that's that's a big piece of it. Um, you know, I think one of the things that we've started doing with our team internally is that we keep a, a Google Doc of everything that we're working on. So we have everything that we're working on for the week, and then we have everything that we have on deck. And I share that with anyone who wants to see what we're working on, because I think it's important to see that or to show to other people that may think that, well, now that championships have been canceled, athletics communication probably doesn't have much to do. I want them to see that, no, we have a lot of things that we've never been able to do, that now we have a good opportunity to, uh, to really invest in. Um, some of the videos that Maddie Westergaard has put out and some of the Instagram posts that Katie Green has put out have been fantastic. These are things we've never had a chance to really invest time in before and and we're really just we've got a great opportunity now to really capture uh an audience that has never really been nearly as engaged before so we're taking this opportunity uh we're taking this opportunity to to really invest in content strategy every week we have weekly content meetings where we bring in marketing as well and we work through a lot of different ideas uh just on a personal level I try to take stock of some of the things that I really love about this time that I'm not gonna get back once things kind of go back to normal. So I'm trying to just live in the moment a little bit more than maybe I had in the past. Uh, it's it's a really crazy time that you just, you, you tend to, your mind goes back to what you're missing out on and what's not there. So I'm really trying to really live more in the moment. Um, and, and Aaron's absolutely right about the social media piece. If I sat here and looked at social media, I'd be so depressed. I'd just try to stay away from it. Um, I'm relatively politically engaged and I hate looking at it off now because it's it's all really negative. So I'm trying to stay away from it. And uh, But I, I think that's a good thing for SIDs to, to try to step away from the social that's not necessary for their job and and just try to uh to invest time in those things they've always wanted to do tell those stories of your student athletes we had a question come in for aaron uh would you recommend sids go out and try and increase their side hustle or find other jobs right now um and kind of how would you go about that as the ad um I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, from a from a financial perspective, uh, if you're you might some people might need that right now for sure. Um, there's definitely opportunities out there. I think that are that people are doing, especially from a news perspective. Like, 
like every time you turn on the news, it's something dealing with coronavirus. Can we get some news about something that's not coronavirus? That'd be great. Um, but I don't know if there's anything out there that right now, I think the biggest thing that SIDs can do in not working perspective for the department is how can they be connected to the campus? I'm a huge person when it comes to cross collaboration, not only within our department, but also across our campus. And like I said earlier, how can they be connected to admissions? How can they be connected uh, to whatever it might be uh, across campus? Because that shows that we're not just thinking about our student athletes. We have more time than we've ever had before. Um, and so how can we be connected to people across our campus to make the big picture of campus community go during this time? I know also uh, kind of some stuff that we're doing is uh, here at Campbellsville, we have a crisis communication team that meets every Monday um, at one o'clock uh, via Zoom call. And uh, we there's 30, 35 of communications professionals on there uh, just kind of talking about what we're going through. So that's a, that's an idea of just getting in contact with your communications departments across campus, um, whether that be university communications, your broadcasting whatever it may be just to talk about uh, some of the things they're doing and how you can cross promote and cross post also um i had a coach actually bring it up to me about uh, just posting just raw images of campus um two or three times a week and putting out different um, uh, different uh, degree paths so uh, like i was scheduling some out today about like the nursing school the school of music and we have a, a, a different reach uh, with our athletics social media accounts than possibly the, just the, the the main university accounts. So that's something we're doing as well, just to try to cross promote the best we can and and help out those other departments. Because uh, without uh, Aaron said it, without the uh, the the students in the enrollment, uh, we we could be looking at some some difficult times ahead. So just trying to focus on that right now and help everybody out. So um any other things that anybody else wants to add really quick we got about a minute and 20 seconds before we have to jump off here but uh i just want to open this up to anybody else just to make sure you get your final thoughts in nope all <laughs> right well we appreciate aaron wendy and brad as well obviously all three two totally different or all three uh, totally different perspectives and um just getting the the administrative role from aaron the sid role from from Wendy and also the national office from Brad and kind of how they're handling things and how they did handle uh, the, the crisis that we're going through and and all that. So uh, we appreciate their time today and, and appreciate all those listening and tuning in today. We'd also like to thank, um, uh, we'd like to remind you that uh, you can find the on-demand webinar on cosida.com and on Cosida Connect, which is our membership portal later this afternoon, along with the webinar in a podcast format. We'd like to thank Barb and Bo White uh, for being on uh, with us today and running social media and also running our webinar. So we appreciate appreciate them. So thanks for joining us today. We look forward to hearing you or we look forward to you attending all of our professional de development webinars and content throughout the year. Later this week on Thursday, be sure to register for uh, uh, Capital One webinar where you'll get a uh, first look at the COSIDA compensation and salary survey. Don't forget about that, um, that we filled out in the winter months, the webinar realizing the value of communication pros, a first look at 2020 COSIDA salary survey. That's Thursday afternoon. And uh, the discussion will be making a case for why SIDs are essential. And we're more essential than, uh, than ever right now, I feel like with getting that voice out there. So uh, once again, thanks to Barb and Bo with COSIDA. 
also Aaron, Wendy, and Brad for presenting today. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you later. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Jordan.